Hey, 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 it's your girl, So So Lovely. And your girl, Deja Ali. And we are the host of the Bad and Boozy Podcast. Join us every Wine Crush Wednesday as we discuss... Wine, life, and other liquor-related shenanigans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bad and Boozy Pod. And send your drunken wine hotels to Bad and Boozy Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget... The best wine is the one you like. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of the Forever Young Cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Jupiter Julep. How are you? Well, and you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for joining me once again. We're joined by our co-host, Miss Madame Lizette. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We got sunshine today in Texas. Now, that's oh. always a good thing. I was watching football. They had snow in Wisconsin. Oh. And speaking of <laughs> lands, lands with lots of snow, joining us once again to form the shield is Miss What Sleep Though. How are you, Miss V? I'm good. Thank you for having me again. Was it snowing in Minnesota today? No. It's actually, well, today it's cold. It was We had like 60 degree weather a couple days ago, and today it's like 40, but no snow today. Okay. Thank God. All right. Global warming is very real, guys. It sure is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's going to get better in like a million years, according to Trump. So we're okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Ooh, well, let's just keep going. Yeah. The Forever Young cast can be found on the CSPN at www.cspn.us. So, ladies, we have made it to the quarterfinals of this year's May Young Classic. We're going to start off with a veteran versus a rookie as Miko Sotomayor. Let me put, rephrase that. A legend versus a rookie in Miko okay. Sotomayor. The final boss. <laughs> versus Lacey Lane. Sotomayor cuts off Lacey Lane with a head kick and the armbar follows. Lacey Lane fights and she makes it to the ropes. Sotomayor follows with more kicks in the German suplex. They trade strikes. Lacey Lane fires up and hits a charging knees and then a springboard high cross for a two count. Sadamar then gives her a head kick and the Death Valley driver follows and Sadamar gets the win. So I'm going to start with Jupiter Julep this week because I know how much you like Miko Sadamar. The final boss, she, she kind of played around with her food a little bit and then she Gave Lacey Lane a little hope spot, and then she gave her the DVD and moved on to the semifinals. So your analysis and uh, what you thought of Miko's win and her moving on to the next round. Uh, the first thing I want to start with is the look of the show. What I noticed was they had the statistics at the bottom of the screen um, talking about the 
hometown, the style, and the height of each wrestler. And I appreciated that. I also uh, meant to bring up the uh, overture from, uh, oh my gosh, Mario, Mauro, uh, Ronaldo. I like it. It Because I watch him on Showbox, it gives this um, big fight feeling to what we're we're hearing. And if I had to have a female announcer and um, obviously they would probably go with Maria Menounos, but I would have loved to, of course, you know, her, um, her what was the name of the female co-host from his and hers? Jamil. Jamil. Jamil Hill. Jamil Hill. Yeah. Have her do an overture as well. But other than that, yes, I um, was happy to see Mako and Lacey start the show. Um, Mako always looks great. Lacey Lane, I need for her to have another look. Yeah. Uh, and for two reasons. Number one, if her, Ember, or Mia Yim, or another Black woman comes up with a handkerchief halfway across their face, I'm going to scream. But oh, yeah. the, the problem that I had with uh, her look was her braids were covering some of the strikes. And, you know, Mako was going at it and Lacey was answering, but there were times where I missed it because the hair was in the way. And um, so when you get into the match, what I did appreciate was the story that they told, which was um, you had the legend that everybody liked to see. You had the hometown hero. So who would you root for? And they were, it was a competition where the, the commentators were saying, hey, Lacey Lane being in the ring right now is a winner. There's really nothing that could happen that that's going to take that away. If she win wins, that's awesome. If she loses, she's still a winner. Whereas Mako had, um, you know, is a final boss. She doesn't have a lot to prove, but still it would be a different conversation if she lost to Lacey. And, um, you know, throughout the match, what we saw was that Lacey was trying to have something, uh, an answer for uh, for Mako, where she couldn't even like, no, I don't even want to do give a good sportsmanship in the middle of the match. I don't want to take any chances. I just want to work. And what Mako realizes, oh, I can't. Like you said, she played with her food a little bit. She's like, no, I can't take chances, and I'm gonna end it. And she did. So I liked the match. It was a good amount of time. It made Lacey look strong. Of course, Mako is a legend, and that can't that is undisputed. Um, I see a lot of potential in Lacey. I am not saying that she will be a star yet. And a lot of that has to do with what will her character be fixing the look a little bit so that she is her own person and not Ember Moonlight and, um, doing something where she's going to be innovative in the ring that we can clearly see it and give her her full props. All right. I'm going to shift over to Miss Madam Lizette. Madam Lizette, your analysis on Miko moving on to the semifinals. So she's my fave. And I watched this match twice because the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. Um, I felt like there were just a lot of stops and starts to it. And I was like, let me give it a run back one more time. Just in case. I rewatched it earlier today. And the start and stops make sense now that I've gone and watched it a second time. Um, they really were telling the story of the vet, the legend, and the inexperienced 
rookie who is kind of in over her head. And at moments, if you caught glimpses of um, Lacey Lane's face, you could tell that she was just like, I don't know what I'm doing in the ring with you. Like, I just, I don't, I don't. And Mako was playing with her and was kind of being like, I'm trying to give you a chance. But, you know, if you're not going to take it, um, and kind of getting at her in a way. And I like that Lacey Lang took it in with like, well, I'm at least she, she tried to step up to the challenge um, and really tried to like apply herself. There were moments where I felt like her punches and her kicks and things, her strikes, they didn't feel like or look like they did anything. Um, it's kind of like the little brother hitting the big brother and the older brother just kind of like, go away. Like you're, you're, you're a fly. Shoot. Um, and eventually that's kind of what it turned into. Mako ended it fairly quickly. Um, and there was, you know, that was all she wrote. So I think the match was pretty good. I think that Lacey ends up looking really strong in this and I kind of want to see what WWE is going to do with her, but kind of similar to Jupiter Julep and Miss V, they had to figure out what they're doing with her character. Like her hair is in the way, the music doesn't really work. The look doesn't really work because you're kind of like a gothic basketball player. But you have this name that's very 1920s, um, you know, Susie Homemaker. Uh, it doesn't match. And I'll get into this more as we go on because I had, to, I had a conversation about, like, how some of these bravados that they're putting on in their promos and then what we're getting as a character and then what's going on in the ring is not tying. And it's, Lacey Lane's not the only character or only wrestler that that's happening with. Um and so I think that Triple H and the rest of them kind of have to figure out what is it that you want her to be or who is it that she wants to be? Kind of like the same way that Sasha had to figure out who she was going to be in creating that boss character. We got to we gotta get somewhere to create this character. And I know that's the point of NXT and that's the point of the Mae Young Classic, but Lacey's not, it's not tying the way it should. Okay. Ms. V? What sleep tell your thoughts on Miko's advancement to the semifinals? You guys covered pretty much everything that I had written down, but I like, yeah, like, you know, Lacey, I've said it before in the past, like, uh, podcast, she needs to change her name. It doesn't match her at all or what she's supposed to be, I'm guessing. Um, the green contacts. I, I don't understand because um, it doesn't make sense with anything else that she has going on. I don't know if it's supposed to be a tie-in to the one green dread that she has. I don't know what that is. Her hair definitely does get in the way of her matches. And it's distracting for me also because they're really stiff. like, And they don't move the way I think that she wants them to move when she's getting like hit in the face or something or, or making a move. So it's distracting to me there. I also... And I think the headband that she's wearing, I wonder if she doesn't have any edges because it's so far back oh. on her head. I'm like, maybe that's why she has to wear these dreads because she doesn't, she can't not, like, she has to have that headband on for some reason. Then we um, can just go find her a wig. Is this a LeBron James situation? It might be. You know? I don't know, but, like, they, the problem with that is that the WWE does not do weaves very well. No, but like especially on black girls, like um, thank God Naomi goes off site and gets her hair done because when she's get like you can tell Alicia Fox lets the girls behind the scenes do her hair, Oof. and it's like no, go with Naomi 
and so Naomi, I think she hooked up Sasha Banks when they were doing Team Bad because Sasha was struggling a little bit too, and then she hooked her up. But I digress. Um, so yeah, I so they really do need to get her gimmick together or whatever it is. Um, and I agree with Madame Lizette, like a lot of her strikes don't look like they're doing anything. It's like she doesn't have follow through with her strikes, her kicks, and her punches. So it just kind of looks it does it looks choreographed and it shouldn't look that way when as a for a viewer. So um, I'm hoping that she can she can learn from that. I do like the story that was told. Um, they, the commentators did a really good job of you know talking about how um, Miko was a legend and you know it's just a it's a win for Lacey to even make it this far to even be in the ring with her. Um, and the whole story that they told as wrestlers in the ring for the match. It, that that showed that it showed that Miko knew what she was doing and she was like gonna give her a little bit of a chance and she's like oh well this girl can go a little bit so maybe I need to just stop playing around with her and just go ahead and finish this um so I'm I'm excited to you know I don't know what else to say is to say about Miko because she's a she's a legend and she's amazing at what she does and she has a great presence like as soon as she walks out onto the ramp you know okay this girl knows what the hell she's doing and if she doesn't, at least she looks like she does. And then when she gets into the ring, you're like, okay, yep, everything is there. She's got, she's 100% what you thought she was going to be. So um, I'm excited to see her in the next round. I'm ex- I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Lacey. I think a whole overhaul, overhaul for her would be a good idea. Um, but I feel like sometimes they... Like unless unless they're gonna put her with Amber, she's gotta change her entire look because yes, I'm tired of seeing every black girl come out with contacts and every black girl come out with, you know, a ski mask or something over their face. Like they they have to do and like a hood or something. Like they have to figure out something else for these girls to do because unless you're gonna put them all on the team together, they can't all be looking like the same girl on different shows. So, um, so, yeah, that's just my take on her. But I'm excited to see what happens with Mako in the next round. Our next matchup pits the genius of the sky, Io Shirai, versus the virtuoso, Deanna Perazzo. Io Shirai hits a palm strike, then she hits a 619, and then a missile springboard drop kick, and that combination gets a two count. Io Shirai heads up top. But Deanna cuts her off, and then she hits a set of rolling Germans. Deanna is fired up, and she covers for a two count. The arm bar follows. Eo fights. She teases tapping out, but she cradles Deanna and then locks on a cross face. Deanna struggles. She looks to power out and does, but she eats a knee strike. Eo Shirai follows with the charging knees in the corner. Then she heads up top, and she hits the moonsault to get the victory so Io Shirai becomes our second competitor to qualify for the semifinals. So Madam Lizette I'll let you start off this time on this particular match. Did you like the effort a lot better from Deanna Perazzo this week or was it about the same as last week? So I liked <laughs> it better. I'm not powerbombing her today. I, I actually liked this match better and I liked watching her and Io kind of go back and forth and counter each other with their strikes and with their holds. Um, Io hit like a beautiful 619 on Deanna. Um, Deanna gave her like those three suplexes. Good job. Like, I think this was kind of one of the highlights of the show 
Um, and I think the lady did a good job. There were still moments where it felt like, oh, you're just kind of doing, you're, you're going through the, going through the motions and kind of doing the same thing that you've been doing when looking at Deanna. But she did give us a little bit more this match than I think that she gave us in the last two matches. So I'm going to say that there is some improvement and that there probably is more to her than what we've been seeing. And like um, Drew Gregg-Julep, I said, last, I think she said last week, you know, maybe she was just prepping to get to EO. When she gets to EO, it's the big boss. And I'm going to give you you guys more than what I've been giving you. So I'm okay with it. I think the match is pretty good. Um, they both kind of stumbled in different parts, but they, you know, caught their footing and it wasn't like super noticeable. So, you know, keeping it clean and, you know, still moving forward and everything was good. I like how much Deanna praised her. She didn't have that same deer in headlights look that Lacey Lane had in fighting uh, Mako, but you could tell Deanna still was just like, oh my goodness, I'm in the ring with like one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler, women's wrestler in this day and age right now, you know? So she still had those moments too, but she got comfortable in being in the ring with EO and she did a pretty good job. Um, and I think EO did a really good job. I think she shined through too. She was the genius of the sky. She did what she said she was going to do and she's moving on. So good job, ladies. Miss V, your thoughts on Deanna Perrazzo and EO Shirai this week's matchup. I'll ask you the same question. Did you, um, were you impressed with, uh, Deanna's effort this week did she improve uh, compared to last week for you okay so I won't say that like I'm impressed but I'll say that I wasn't bored by her like I was last week um, I think she definitely showed more than what she had last week so there was more moves um, I will say again though if her finisher is going to be the arm bar people can't roll out of it like three times in one match like I don't understand like it shouldn't have to require her to wrap up both people, both of their arms for that to be her fin. Like if that's not what her actual finisher is. And, um, and, sh- and I think EO rolled out of it like two or three times in this match. So, um, that is kind of interesting to me if that's her finisher, how easy it is for certain people to get out of it. Um, but overall, I would say the match was really good. There were some awkward moments where it just seemed like they weren't gelling completely. Um, especially like with that Hurricane Rana that they tried to do, um, where Ooh. it was like, yeah, it was kind of like Deanna's feet barely even touched EO and EO had to finish it. And it was just kind of like, oh, they're doing acrobatics in the middle of the ring. Like they, they totally kind of botched that. But, um, but in general, I would say I really enjoyed the match. So I wanted to go back last week, Don, you were talking about how on the back of Deanna's jacket that it talks, it, it talks about how she's, um, the Fujiwara, um, what do you remember what it says? Fujiwara specialist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my thing that drives me crazy about the way WWE shoots her is why they, why do they do a wide shot? Every time she comes out, they do a wide shot on that. And if I'm a new viewer, I have no idea what it says on the back of her jacket because they don't show it. Cause like by the time she gets in the ring, they always show her from the front. The only time you ever really see her from the back is when she's taking the damn jacket off and by that point you can't actually see what the hell it says so it like literally plays no part in her in her gimmick so I'm like if you're gonna have that on the back of her jacket zoom in on it when she's at the top of the ramp so you can actually see what it says 
and then zoom out and have her in her pose. And then you're like, oh, now I know that her jacket is in the back of it. Now I know that she's a virtuoso and she's like, you know, the armbar champion or whatever. I know that kind of thing. Um, so that I hope they figure that out and change that. I would also say, EO, I don't think in the matches that I've seen of her so far in this tournament that she has landed her finisher all the way on her opponent once. Like she, it looked like she's done more damage to herself than she has to her opponent every time that she's gone to the top rope and done her finisher. Because like with the with this match, she basically touched Diana with her arms. Like she, yeah, she, she overshot, overshot it. it. And she's overshot it almost every match that she's done so far. So I would like, I, I, I'm excited to see her finish it and actually finish it the right way um, because that that's what kind of sucks for the end of this match. Maybe that's how it's going to end if she didn't actually land it. I like yeah. that, that. I would like to actually see her land her finisher if they're actually going to call the match at that point. So that's all I have. Miss Jupiter Julep, you get the last statement on Io Shirai advancing to the semifinals over Deanna Perrazzo. I will say that I'm going to follow through with um, what Miss V was saying. The, the first time was her uh, Io Shirai's match against Zaya Brookside. Is the first time that she hit it and hit it perfectly. Then the last two times she did overshoot it. I completely agree with you on that. And uh, when you were talking about <laughs> Deanna Perrazzo's jacket, the only thing I could think of was saying, you know what? She would do better off getting an airbrushed arm. Like, like <laughs> uh, yeah. what is you know, like Rick Rude painting on the back of her jacket of her with an arm bar it would be funnier. Yeah. People would get it a little bit. Um, she should put it on her tight. Like, she should have her yeah. doing, like, do a Rick Rude type thing where, like, she got it on her tights or something. Yeah, yeah. she got it called Velveteen. Velveteen can set it up real good. Yeah. Velveteen ain't got time for that. You know, he's like, mm. it would be interesting to see, to, to hear that conversation. Um, in terms of the match for me, the first question I wrote down on my, on my uh, notes was, will Deanna redeem herself? Will she earn our respect? And for me, she did a smidgen. You know, in that uh, I'm not forming to powerbomb anybody, you know, today. Oh, wait, that's premature. I, you know, yeah, I'm, Lord. <laughs> that was premature. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't, this was more or less what I was expecting for her um, for the first match. I think that, or the second match showing that we had from her, I think that what helped me a lot with her was the opening promo. And that was when she talked about, you know, I have not met with EO before, you know, there's a lot of preparation for this match, but also this is what I do in terms of the arm bar. And then you have Cole talking about through the match, she's going to look for the arm bar, look for her to tenderize that arm, you know, early on and throughout the match so that she can put it on. And so I, I, I did understand her better because what we saw in that other match was like, well, I don't understand. Like, what is she doing? We didn't really see anything. Nothing was gelling. From um, what she was giving us in the ring to the promo to what we act, what we saw and heard, that was a little bit different. This match, I at times got a little concerned that oh, Eo's not going to pull this off because she was doing a lot of grandstanding. 
Um, and also normally when you see one opponent kind of, um, you know, get in a lot of offense, then it, it gives you a time for that opportunity, the person to get a hot tag or get an opportunity to, to, to turn the tide. And that's what happened when uh, Deanna did slap on the arm bar and the, the Fuji arm bar, which EO countered. And I thought that that was a good counter, especially the counter into the cross face. So I, I like the match. Like Miss V said, I wasn't bored. Um, and I'm glad they both had the showing and that EO moves on. This is the Forever Young cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by Miss Jupiter Jula, What Sleep Though, and Madam Lizette. You can find the Forever Young cast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So we'll move into our next matchup. We've got Rhea Ripley versus Tegan Knox, where Tegan Knox attacks with the dropkick and follows with a suicide dive, but she injures her knee. She gets back into the ring, and Ripley tosses her down with a backdrop, and the ref puts up the X. Tegan Knox tells the doctor that she's fine, so she continues on, but finally collapses after Rhea Ripley hits a big dropkick um, Ripley follows with some a couple of strikes, but after that drop kick, the ref stops the match, and Tegan Knox is injured severely, and Rhea Ripley is moving on to the semifinals. So this was the um, this is us portion of the week for wrestling fans, <laughs> as everybody was just crying and emotional. This like literally the whole full cell just stopped and. It was so quiet when they finally, um, the drop kick landed and the ref officially stopped the match. So, um, before I let the ladies um, weigh in on their thoughts, uh, Tegan Knox suffered a dislocated kneecap, a torn MCL, a torn LCL, a torn ACL. She tore both her meniscus, multiple bone, bone contusions, and a fracture on her left tibia, which is common with really bad ACL injuries. Jesus. Yes. Wow. So, um, basically, in her words, her knee exploded. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate because um, the way the match started, they talking about, oh, she's come back from, you know, the knee injury, and it looked like she was kind of limping around a little bit there to kind of start the match, and then uh, she does a suicide dive, and then you're kind of focused on her knee that has the uh-huh. brace because that's yeah. the knee that you see, but. Um, as soon as she lands and she gets up, she's kind of hobbling around a little bit. I didn't still didn't know which one was her until she did the, uh, you know, where she kind of gave her the rear rip. She came off the ropes and rear Ripley like pressed her up and she like let her go and she just fell down to the mat. When she hit the mat, that's when I thought, oh, that might be where she hurt her knee. But they said that it was when she did the initial suicide dive. So. Miss V, I'll let you start first with your analysis of this short match. Unfortunate injury to uh, Tegan Knox. Just kind of what were your emotions um, while this was happening? Because I know that you didn't know about what happened prior to this. Actually, I did because I like to read spoilers. So I knew what was happening going in. Um, I didn't know how it happened. And I didn't know the severity of what happened until just now with what you said. I knew she got hurt, but. I just figured it was her um, bad knee that had gotten hurt. Um, I, for me, I was just wondering if, like, they, she had a bad knee, 
So I was like, why would they let her do a suicide dive out of the ring? Like you would think for somebody that they're, they want to have in, you know, NXT and they want to push in NXT that they would do everything possible to keep that person healthy or, or at least keep that person safe until they get a hundred percent healthy and they're not walking around with a knee brace on. Um, so I was, I was actually really surprised that she did the, um, the suicide dive. Um, I was even more surprised that they, they let her continue to wrestle, even though she said she was okay. You could clearly see that she wasn't. And I, I honestly think by continuing to wrestle, she probably hurt herself even more than she probably did initially. Like I'm sure she, she had the, she tore the MCL and stuff when she, when she landed and that caused her, her foot to, or her tibia and all that to fracture and everything. But I just wonder if her trying to put weight on it, um, her being tossed up into the air and then landing on top of her leg and on top of her knee. Um, I feel like that probably did a lot more damage to it as well by her keeping, by her continuing to wrestle. Um, I feel terrible for her because you can see that she really, she really wanted to keep going. But like, I think that somebody should have, they should have called that match a lot sooner than they did. Um, I, I will say for me as a viewer, though, I wasn't sure if it was like I knew it was I knew she was hurt. But I was just wondering if it was, you know, if they, it was it was part of the storyline until I realized it was her other her other knee. Um, but on the flip side, I will say Rhea Ripley handled the situation very, very well. She stayed in character. Um and even like once the match was called and she got out of the match and she kind of looked back at Tegan and kind of like gave a oh well kind of reaction and kind of kept going and so she stayed in her heel character and and it made it uh made me not like people even were not sure if she was actually hurt just by the way that Rhea was reacting but um I think uh you know it was a good showing for Rhea just by being able to stay in the moment and not be affected by what was going on but um I just yeah so I'm guessing that Tegan's gonna be out for like quite a bit right probably another year and a half or so probably a year yeah yeah um I think she's already started rehab so well that's good yeah because they posted the video of Triple H talking to her in the back after the match and basically like really giving her some seriously encouraging words and, you know, her just being like a pole of tears. And I think she quoted it and was just kind of like, I'm two months into rehab. So okay. I I think that she will probably be back sooner than we an- anticipate. Especially since this is her second ACL and it's on a different knee. So she's yeah. already gone through, she went through this rehab process last year. So she kind of has an idea of like, how it, it's going to feel and what to expect from it. And in that, she might come back a little bit sooner. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The gremlins got her? Huh? Oh, you went away. You broke up there for a second. Oh, I did? Mm-hmm. Did I just paused. Oh, you, oh, you just paused? I just stopped talking. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Oh. It, the way it sounded, it was like your internet just cut you off. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just like, I think that, I don't even know what the hell I said now, so that we read. Okay. <laughs> okay. Miss, I'm done. Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll let you slide in your thoughts here. You know, 
the things that I really wrote about the match was about the the crowd. Um, so the silences in that match said so much about the heart of the wrestlers, about uh, the crowd, how much the uh, the match and this tournament and wrestling means to them, how much they care. I mean, you know, when she went out, it was a bunch of thank you, Tegan chants. But uh, that that crowd, that full sale crowd really, really showed me something. And it and it talks about how a crowd can make and break a promotion, not just a match. And so I have all of the respect for them, um, for the crowd, for that match. Other than that, I agree with what you said, Miss V, about Rhea Ripley staying in character the whole time. I think that this was, you know, sometimes where uh, there are blessings in this. And when we talk about character a lot, this helped her character about being brutal, about not caring, about being single minded in her quest to be the best in any at, at any cost. And that followed through throughout. So it's like, if we were to believe all of this to be true, Rhea Ripley ain't somebody to play with. And so I, I appreciated that. And it's it's just a sad situation. I wish her nothing but the best. All right. Yeah, we definitely hope to see her back, uh, maybe in time for next year's May Young Classic. But, it, you know, hopefully she has 100% health. And she can come back and tear it up on the scene because I really like Tegan Knotts. I think she has a lot of energy. She has, you know, ultimate baby face characteristics. So um, future's bright for her. Hopefully she can overcome her injuries and have a really long career. Our main event of the evening is next. It's Tony Storm versus <laughs> Mia Yim. They trade strikes, slapping each other, and Yim hits knee strikes, but Storm hits a German suplex. Storm is fired up, and she hits the corner ass attack, but Mia Yim hits the Saito side suplex for a two count. Mia Yim charges, Tony Storm avoids, but Mia Yim ends up hitting a powerbomb for a two count. Tony Storm attacks Mia Yim's injured hand, then she hits a German suplex, and then she hits Storm Zero, the Mikinochu driver, and Tony Storm is your winner advancing to the semifinals. So, we're here. <laughs> this You're is here. This is the match yeah. that this is the match that I was waiting I've been waiting all week to hear y'all synopsis on what y'all thought of this match. So, I'm going to start the way that we started the show. Miss Madam Lizette, you'll get your first breakdown of Tony Storm and Mia Yim. What were your thoughts on this week's main event? So Tony still's not doing it for me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I, so best friend and I had this conversation last night because he was like, why the fuck are you so hard on her? And I was just like, because it doesn't translate. You can't talk all this cash shit in your promo about how you ain't going to lose and then come right here and get your ass kicked for 15 minutes and then hit, like, your finisher and then you win. That yeah. doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work. And I told him, I was like, maybe Samoa Joe has spoiled me and <laughs> I'm used to people who talk all this noise, come out here and put on a great show and then just take the L. I don't know. But Tony Storm is still not doing it for me. 
And that is another one of those Triple H, we need to go back to the drawing board with this whole idea with her. Because yeah. you can't have her out here being this baby face and mm-hmm. or promoting her as the baby face in the match, but then having her cut promos where she's just super confident in her ability and she knows she's gonna win. She knows she's in the ring, but then she comes out into the ring and she gets handily out wrestled by her opponent and then wins. And then it didn't help that I watched the NXT UK show. Oh. And she had a match on there too. Mm. And the same thing happened. Ooh. Ooh, Who was her opponent? I can't even remember. She was good though. It wasn't Jenny. Um, It was someone else. But she was good too. But Tony Storm did the same thing. She came out there. She talked all that noise. She had all this cockiness to her. Got her ass whooped for most of the match. And then she went at the end. I can't. That doesn't work. It does not translate. And that makes people not want to like her. Because you're telling me the baby face, you're telling me she's the baby face, but she does and says a bunch of things that kind of make you feel like she might be a heel. But Mia Yim did a great job. Mm-hmm. So Don, one of your girls, I thought she was great. I thought she was phenomenal. I'm so happy that they decided to release the video of Triple H offering her a full-time gig with NXT. Um, which we all knew that was coming, of course, but you know. Um, I'm happy that she got that. She did a really good job. She told a great story, which is basically like, I'm not going to just let you beat me. I'm going to show you that I'm the better wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Tony is young. She's only 22. So who Tony's going to be when she's Mia Yim's age is going to be a totally different character. And she's probably going to be a lot better. And we're probably all going to like her. But right now, I don't like her. And that kind of sucks because I liked her a lot last year. All right. Miss V was sleep though. What were your thoughts on Tony Storm defeating Mia Yim to advance to the semifinal? I think it's BS that she won. She is. <laughs> she's such a cornball. Like I, I don't buy anything about her gimmick whatsoever. It is not real and true. I mean, maybe she is a rock chick or whatever, but she looks like a corn. Like she looks so stupid she's like a poser and i don't buy any of it and i and it takes me out of her and i'm like oh wow you're a blonde girl and you're cool and you're hardcore because you have black hair underneath no you just look stupid it doesn't i just don't like her at all like i don't i don't get it because like madeline that was saying she talks all this hardcore shit in her promos like yeah i'm this i'm that and then she comes out and she's getting her ass kicked the whole time. And then she hits one finisher and then she wins. I I just don't see how you could build a whole program around her. So that's why it's like, this is Triple H, this is what you're going with? Because I don't get it. Like I don't I I don't understand where the star power is. Why does she have the why is the black thing under her eye? Is she a Nelly fan? Like, where, like, what oh, is Jesus. the tie in? I don't understand. Is that supposed to make her look hardcore? What? I don't know. But it, but it just, everything about her, I just am like, why? That's my, like, she comes out and I'm just like, oh, why? Why is she here? I don't, I don't get it. I will, like, Mia Yim is really dope. Um, I, did not know that her finisher was called the soul food. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is dope, but WWE spelled it wrong on 
um, on the screen. Like they spelled it S O U L when I'm like, she says it's spelled S C O like from like Seoul, Korea. I was like, that is, that's genius. I'm like, if you're going to let her use that as her finisher, spell it right, WWE. Um, but I think that's a, a genius like name for her finisher. Um, I think she was, she looked really, really good. She should have been the one to, to go on. And it's like, we know that she's not, we, we knew she wasn't going to win because, you know, Tony Storm is the face of, you know, the European brand. But I just, I don't get her. And I don't think I want to. So that's a problem for me. Like, I should, like, there's certain girls that I don't get on, on this May Young Classic. Like, I don't get Lacey Lane, but I want to eventually. Like, I want them to fix her so that I can cheer for her. I don't want to cheer for Tony Storm. I just don't. So that's it. Sorry, Don. All right. The girl's terrible. <laughs> All right, Miss Jupiter Julep. Um, They've picked Tony Storm up. They're waiting for you to come <laughs> underneath. What? Wait a minute. First of all, I figured out her rock gimmick. She oh. is, yes, she's a Christian rocker. Okay, you know what? I am <laughs> so, you know, you. It's like if Jessica Simpson decided to sing a switchfoot, there you go. I see that. See, yeah, you see, you know, it's just like you're not really cool, but you think you are. Oh, the cornball, and you know, the like, corn. yes, but I'm rocking out for Jesus, you know. Oh like, my! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that that's what it is. So I'm like, well, you know, but having whatever you gotta do. I mean, listen, because I can't think of no other reason for it. Um. You always talk about Miss V that oh she should be a mad hatter. And I just yeah. remember that, you know, last year she used to come out with the tiny hat. Yeah. She was kind of like I think last year's gimmick was the Mad Hatter gimmick, because that was the gimmick she was running. Well, I mean, she should return to that or do something because here's the thing that I think is missing is that you had something in me with Mia Yim in the first match. She hurt her hand. That hand has been a through line from each and every match. Yeah. It has been it has featured in a way that opponent decided to approach her. Uh, you know, you even even Miss Face, uh, Christian Rocker herself said, I'm gonna step on your hand a few times <laughs> so I can get a win, you know, and I mean like she had something to say that says that defined her as a wrestler throughout this competition. And we cannot say the same thing about Tony Storm, except she's there and somebody seems to love her. And the only, I mean, and, and I think the easiest way of discussing her really is like, you know how white women get with feminism? And oh, feminism yeah. is all encompassing yeah. as long as it involves and centers them. Yep. She's white feminism in wrestling. Like she oh. is walking white feminism. It is. But now I but now I can't unsee Jessica Simpson. So I'm You're sitting welcome. here singing, Boy, I think that I'm in love with you. Like I'm singing uh -huh. that now because that's all I see. Like even her facial expressions yeah. are Jessica Simpson. That's right. But the boy is Jesus. Okay. See, you know, see that's the rocker. There you go. There you go. Oh God. See what well, I'm figuring it out for you. There's your power bond, Don. You're welcome. 
Don probably in the corner. Like, you know what? I am fed up with y'all. Well, you can be fed up. You the one who's fed up on the platter. You didn't have to drive us to the arena, Don. You didn't. He <laughs> was like, come on in. He's like, carpool lane. Let's go. We are going. Let's do it. Oh, Lord. And you know, the sad part about it is the more I see her, is the more I think. Because I'm spoiler free. So I did not know about Tegan um, Knox and the injury. I knew that somebody, somebody said something, but I didn't know who it was or the circumstance or anything. So when it happened, I was like, ooh, it, it was a complete shock to me. And the way that they are speaking about and the way that, that you know, the feminism is allowing it to work, she is going to be in the final. And I'm not going to have my EO versus uh, Mako final, which I declare is bullshit in advance. No, I'm thinking yeah. it's probably going to be uh, EO versus Tony. Yeah. To which you I know that's where it's going. And like that's the part that bothers me because when I saw that Tony was gonna have to wrestle Mako next, and knowing that Mako does not sign a WWE, you know how this is gonna go. Yep. It was yeah, just like she's not gonna have the match that Mako and Mercedes Martinez had two rounds ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm supposed to accept this as like the finish and be okay with Tony <clears> making <throat> it in the finals win. Sweetheart, you did you did you have not proven yourself to be worthy of a final spot. Mm-hmm. She didn't even prove herself worthy enough to win like this match. Like they even <laughs> talked about how in the match that like Yam has more time, it has been put more time in, and she's you know got more experience. And we're, I don't know if they were trying to book Tony as like the underdog, but it's like we all know that she's not the underdog in this situation. Like we we knew that's how it was. But she, oh my God. Okay, sorry. I'm watching it back and I'm watching her <laughs> celebrate. And it's so cringeworthy. I just need her to go away. I can't. I can't with her. She, just, right. she really is. Like, she really does look like she's at church. And she got the spirit from, like, one of those really good gospel songs that, you know, at the white church. That's what she's all about. And I just, I, nope. I can't do it. Yeah, well, it. you ruined it for me. Now I all I'm gonna see when I see her is Jessica Simpson, and yeah, and Church for Jesus and Rocking for Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> all I'm gonna see. All right, Don, come, come, yeah, come, save, save her. Girl. I thought this was come a, put your cape on. I thought this it. was a really good match. I thought both women put forth a great effort. <laughs> I was highly entertained by the back and forth of nature. Of the match, I thought what that I thought that Tony Storm had to dig deep for the victory. It was in peril to the final second. So, oh, like God. I said, that cape is waving in the wind. The only the only way that I would have been disappointed in the outcome of this match is if if it just was a sloppy to not good match, and it wasn't that. So I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know what though? But what about Mia Yim? That's also your girl. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like yeah. I said, I thought I thought Mia did great. I thought that you know she was strong. She didn't let the hand, um, you know, slow her down. She was, you know, like I said, I thought both women put on an excellent match. I I was totally into it. I wasn't out of it. I was like, I didn't know who was gonna win, so I was highly entertained. 
with the match. I was satisfied on all accounts. So that brings us, as the ladies were already kind of giving their preview to the semifinals, which are next week. So the matchups will be Tony Storm as she recovers from the Forever Young cast triple power bomb as she goes up against Miko Satomura. And Io Shirai will face off against Rhea Ripley. So I think it's unanimous. The ladies thinks that it's going to be Tony Storm versus Io in the finals. And that will take place at Evolution. So um, you, you ladies want to save that prediction to next week? Or do you want to give it now? I have a question. Yes. Uh, so there will be a regular episode of the Mae Young Classic next yeah. week with just yes. two matches? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the matches will probably be longer than what we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And oh, at the God. end, they'll do the whole... Um, these two ladies are your two finalists, and they'll probably present them and put the the um, the award or whatever in front of them or whatever, and then say, "Find out who wins at," and then evolution will be the whole backdrop after that. Oh, is he? You said an award. They didn't make another ovary. Uh, no, it's like that glass looking <laughs> glacier thing. That oh. is their trophy. I said award. My bad. Trophy. That's their trophy. It's the glacier ice cap looking thing. The Oprah's okay. thing was the the Royal Rumble trophy, wasn't it? Yeah. You know yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, Royal. But you know, they just anything that has to do with uh females in WWE, they it's like they open the Grey's Anatomy and says, What part of the vagina <laughs> can we use today? So so that they know no you're know a woman. That it's female. Yeah. And, and what's we'll color it pink. Is that they no, they like what's even worse is that they tied red ribbon to like the like the fallopian tube. And yeah. it's like, why would you do that? But did you guys see that Naomi said they haven't even sent her the trophy? Like she won hat like she was supposed to get a match for a championship from winning that. And then she was supposed to get the trophy and she's like, I've got neither of them. Oh, you know, first of all, that's horrible. But Naomi, thank God. You don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. Right. But I mean, that also has a lot to do with the fact that you, they all know, like, that trophy was atrocious. But that was because they had to develop a brand new trophy in, like, yeah, last minute. Last minute, because we all kind of flipped the shit when they told us who the may or who the um, Rumble was going to be named after. Yeah. Who was the name? Moolah. The fabulous Moolah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And all the all those female wrestlers of that time that are still alive were like, she's the worst. She was a pimp. Hated her. Like, they, oh, yeah. They should have just did a pimp hand then. They made yeah. a point. Oh, okay. Terrible. Yeah. So at this. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. I was saying at least it's not a butterfly. Like the best. That's true. I mean, I, I mean, dealt with that better. It might I like been better than, a, than like a uterus, right? That I like butterflies. Better. I'm okay with it. Why not just make it a crown? Uh, yes. Whatever. Yeah. Like, why did they like of all the shapes for that trophy? Like, they knew what they were doing. Like, they knew that that was going. I, I think they were trying to make it a joke, which makes me even more annoyed with the whole thing. This is like, yeah, you're gonna have a first battle royale, but then you're gonna give them some whack ass trophy, like. Who wants a trophy? Like I can, I understand getting a trophy shaped like Andre the Giant. But who the hell wants a trophy of fabulous Moolah in your house? 
So I'm like, they should have had a better idea from the get go anyway for that trophy. That's it's just, true. It's just dumb. <sighs> that's, that's not enough sage in the world that's going to fix that spirit in you. Yeah. No. No. Well, they should do like the tennis. Like maybe have a plate, like a Either silver way. plate, and just yeah. you know, engrave it. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, that's a better idea. Yeah, they can carry themselves to things remembered. I mean, you know, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> they got to buy one, get one now. I mean, they could get two trophies and they would be straight. They'd be there good. You know. There you go. Ladies, hmm. you got, we got some feedback this week on uh, the show. And there were some questions in the feedback that the listener would like for you ladies to take a stab at. So I'm going to break it down to y'all. There's a couple of questions in here, so I'm going to break it down one at a time. So the listener writes, question for the podcast. What are the things criteria-wise that you all look for in importance in a wrestler? So we'll start first with Miss Jupiter Julep. Mm -hmm. What are the things criteria-wise that you look for that is important to you in a wrestler? Uh, if I would like to have sex with them or not. No, I'm teasing. Uh, what I'm I mean, no, that's part of it. No, that is part. Well, your fuckability factor. No, that would make me Vince McMahon. So, no, no, no. Uh, I think that it starts with character. Uh, the first episode, we, we went on at length about MJ Jenkins and how she was developed characters. It was Afrolicious. Uh, from her look to her theme music to the moves and the moveset set and you know and the things that she could do with her character from either she was heel or face i am looking for, for your character to be consistent and to yes evolve but be able to tell me a story in and out of the ring um other than that i am looking for you to have some versatility in your moves um meaning i don't want you to have the five moves of doom and that's it where I can call your matches with my eyes closed or I can go to the kitchen and know exactly what happened in your match because it is so uh, predictable and um, cyclical I don't want that so I would like some innovation in your matches and um, other than that uh, I would like for the character to also be respectful even when you're being ignorant I mean Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, I think, do heal right. They're not necessarily picking on sex or sexuality or race or ableism or homophobia or things of that nature in the WWE currently that would make me go, that's cheap heat in a way that that is that would make me feel um, dirty watching it. So I think that that's my top criteria. All right. I'll pose that same question to Miss Madame Lizette. The criteria that you look for and the importance in a wrestling. So, kind of very similar to what Jupiter Julep said. I want to believe in your character. And if you, like, don't have a character, that's fine, too. I just want to believe in, like, you as a person. Do I think that you can win? Or do I think that this loss is going to help you or hurt you? Um, you need to be good on the microphone. Like she said, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe or like Velveteen Dream 
are very good at getting on the microphone and making me believe whatever's coming out their mouth. I love a heel. Um, and that's probably because heels can do all the things that you're not supposed to do. I don't too much care for baby faces, but there are some baby faces like when Bailey was in NXT, um, where you're like, oh, that's so adorable. And you want to cheer for her. Um, and you still want to believe in her, or even Daniel Bryant prior to the injury. He, I was fully on board for the yes movement because he was putting out promos and saying things that gave, made me feel things. And also I care about how good are you in the ring? Can you wrestle? Can you go? Um, I will give, I will beat you down when you first start, but if I see improvement in you, I will lift you up. So Tony, there is hope. Um, there is a way for you to get better in that. And I'll ride with you if you get better in that, but I need to see improvement. If I don't see that improvement and I feel like you're just out here kind of just going through the motions and you've been in the ring for, a number of years or you know you're Eva Marie and you're having these two second matches then even if your character and, and Mike is good I'm probably still not going to like you because your in-ring ability is just not where it needs to be alright and Ms. V what's sleep though oh you'll get to answer this final question um, the criteria that you look for in a wrestler you ladies pretty much said it. I I always first start out with, you know, what does the character look like and their care and your their gimmick? Does it match the person that comes out to the ring? Um, because a lot of times these these people get these gimmicks or these get these characters and it doesn't work for them at all. You can tell they don't feel comfortable in the gimmick. And when they don't feel comfortable doing it, I don't feel comfortable watching it. And it just feels awkward. Um, to have to try and support someone that doesn't 100% buy into what they're doing. Um, I also uh, I need you to have some kind of technical skill in the, in the ring because maybe you don't have the right look or something, but if you can go in the ring, I'm going to want to support you because I'm like, you can we can find you a character. We can figure out what we're going to do with you, but if you can't actually go in the ring, then there actually, there's really no hope for you. Like, there's no reason for you to be here. Um, so. I so I, I look for you know that technical skill factor, um, and then you know being able to talk on the mic is helpful. I will say this: a good chunk of the women on the main roster and a good chunk of the women who are in NXT aren't amazing on the on the mic yet. Um, there's only a couple of them that really can speak, and those are the ones that get pushed. Unfortunately, like Alexa Bliss, everybody loves her on the microphone, but she's not all that great in the ring. But mm-hmm. she has she buys into her gimmick a hundred percent. And when she gets on that microphone, you believe everything that's coming out of her mouth. And I think that's why people get behind her. Um, but I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a hundred percent something that, you know, you need to have, because like I said, there's girls who I support and I know they can't speak on the mic, but I know they can go in the ring and I know that they believe in their character a hundred percent and they try. So those are the things that kind of matter for me. Uh, those, and, and that's why, you know, I don't believe Tony Storm. I don't, I don't believe, you know, after seeing Lacey Lane a couple of matches now, I don't believe in her gimmick. I don't know if she 100% believes in it either. Um, I think she's still trying to find her footing, and that's why it's kind of hard to get behind her. Um, and the same thing, like, with Tony. Like, I just, I, she, I, I'm assuming that 
you know, if she's going to be pushed, the Triple H see something that I don't see. So I'm hoping that she'll be able to, maybe in this match coming up with EO, we'll be able to see a whole other side from her. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, that's what Triple H is going with. But right now I'm just kind of like, you know, that's why I just don't believe in the character. I don't believe in her in-ring skill yet. I haven't seen anything that's made me kind of go like, oh man, I need to see her do that again. I've just kind of been like, okay. So that's how I feel. All right. Well, we definitely appreciate the feedback from the listeners. Uh, we'll continue to send that our way. And if you have questions, uh, we will definitely try to answer them for you guys here on next week's podcast. So ladies, is there anything else you ladies would like to talk about before we head over to shout outs and thank yous? You want to get into an evolution topic next week? We can talk about that since that'll be one of the the May Young Classic final will be one of the, probably the semi-main event of that evening. We can maybe talk about that card a little bit. How y'all feel about that next week? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. All right. So at this time, I'll turn it over to Miss Jupiter Julep for her shout outs and thank yous. Oh, uh, thank you, listeners. And thank you, co-hosts. Uh, you guys make this uh a great cap to the week, uh, being able to talk about women's wrestling and laugh and joke about it. Always give a shout out to Anwar Starwin, who is like our fourth Beatle. I'm saying Beatle, but he's just a member of our Jackson Five and um, or DeBarge, whatever. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna end it there. I don't want to say too much. So y'all have a great week. All right, Miss Madam Lizette, your shout outs and thank yous. I don't know if she's on, so I think she got disconnected. Oh, she dropped on me. All right, Miss V, I'll yeah. turn it over to you and we'll see if she comes back by the time you're finished. Oh, here she is. She just came back. Um, All right, I, let me come back. Okay, you can go ahead and give your shout out. Huh, thanks. um shout out to you guys of course for having me on the show today and uh shout out to the best friend because the best friend always gets shout outs and shout out to Anwar for always coming in with the comments i did get to listen to cast a strong style so i got to hear what he said um and that's about it all right miss v your turn shout outs and thank yous um thank you to you guys for having me on again um shout out to my little brother uh in virginia beach so hopefully he's doing good um also shout out to don for not recording the 45 minutes of talk that we had before this started good stuff and he didn't put it up there so y'all hopefully we can recreate that next week but it was some good stuff guys so shout out to don for that but uh just kidding but thanks guys for having me on i'd like to thank all the ladies here on the show each and every week for giving the great analysis that y'all do. It's really an eye-opening experience to hear the details from y'all's observations um, for each woman in the in these matches. It's really been fun to listen back to the shows and, and then watch the matches again and kind of see what y'all pick up on. And it's um, been a lot of fun for me. So thank you, ladies, for this experience. Thank you to everybody who listens to the WrestleCast and Caster Strong Style and the CSPN. Please support the CSPN by becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. 
uh, become a CSPN Backstage member and you'll get access to exclusive podcasts, videos, and other content that is not available on our free feed. And you can also support our sponsors by going to CSPN.us, clicking on the tab that says Keep Our Podcast Free at the top of the page. And there you can shop through Amazon, Audible, Busted Tees, Adam and Eve, and some of your purchase comes back to us to help keep the podcast free on the network each and every week. So for my co-host, Miss Ju- Jupiter Julep, Miss Madame Lizette, and Miss V was sleep though. I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been episode seven of the Forever Young Cast. We'll talk to you next week. Don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like an old man. Treat me for just who I want.